Hey y'all, I'm Erin Bagwell. And I'm Diana Matthews. Welcome to Beaver Talk, the podcast where we give Hollywood unsolicited advice about feminism. In our world, Elizabeth Gilbert is just a phone call away. Nicki Minaj raps the sickest verse of all time. And Making Oprah is a show that gives us notes on how to live our lives. Join us as we deep dive into all the things that fire us up about film and television. The glorious, the misogynistic, and the groundbreaking. This is Beaver Talk. Hey, Diana. Hey, Erin. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. This iced coffee is really giving me life. Good. I had a tea that was definitely, it's, I'm 90% tea at this point, so. Excellent. Delicious. So good. How's your day going? It's been going well. I'm excited for today's episode um, because I've had a lot of people ask me to do today's episode. Really? Yes. Yes. And a few of our Beaver Talk listeners, most of whom are my closest friends um have asked what we're listening to yeah you know we made this podcast and i think people want to know what we're sponging on in our spare time yeah it's a great question i mean there's so much great stuff out there i feel like i actually when i was putting together my list i was like oh my god i didn't realize that i listened to so many podcasts yeah it's intense you do listen to a lot which i think is kind of i'm happy that we're doing this because you listen to a lot and i am very selective about what i listen to Mm mm-hmm and I've only recently come to podcasts. Yeah, but on the train, I mean, we have so much time as New Yorkers where we're commuting that it's like, I actually, you know what, I take that back. I feel like sometimes that I'll go into like a K-hole of only listening to audio and then sometimes I'll only read, like it kind of bounces back and forth. But I do think we have so much time that it's like, what else are you going to do? I only listen to music. And it was up until I moved here. Mm-hmm. And literally, I would get the question all the time from people of what podcast do you listen to? Yeah. And that may be just like a Brooklyn thing. It may be a New York thing. We do have so much time as commuters on the subway. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of got to the point where I was like shamed that I couldn't name what I was listening to. I had listened to Serial a number of years ago when I was in journalism school. And I loved it, as we all did. Yeah. Um, but I haven't really been a big podcast. Human. Yeah, I haven't. It hasn't really been my format of choice uh-huh. um, until I moved here, and mm-hmm. I. And that's when I really started to embrace it because you were listening to so much, and you were constantly telling me what you. you know, Diana, listen to this now. You would like send me things and be like, "There's this great interview." <laughs> random screenshots. Let's do it. The random screenshots. I feel like ninety percent of the photos in my phone that come <laughs> from you are just screenshots of podcasts that I should be listening to. Yeah. So yeah, we kind of have both sides of the spectrum. Amazing. Well, I'm excited to hear about some of your favorite things. As I am about you. I've got a long list of favorite things. I don't even know really where to start. Kick us off. Just start wherever you feel like. I mean, Ron and Beverly is probably my number one. Although with love, it's been on hiatus for the summer. Yeah. What's going on with that? I don't know. I think they're like working. (laughs) So they're actually making money. Fair enough. And movies and shows. And so... You know, it's funny, I'm part of a secret Ron and Beverly Facebook group, and we're just waiting with bated breath, like, when will they return? I know, I get it. I'm part of that, too. You added me. Good. <laughs> so I'm right there with you. And I saw them live when you gave me your tickets, when you had to go out of town. I know. Isn't it so much so fun? Good. Oh, my God, it's hilarious. It's such a joyous podcast about two gals who are pretending to be Jewish versions. I think of their mother, or offshoots of maybe who they think they're going to be, and the history that they have is so unique, and... Um, they kind of tell a story about their children and kind of it's all unweaving episode to episode, which is really a joy. And 
they're so talented, these girls. It's just, it's awesome to listen to. That's so cool. I want to back up this conversation a little bit and start off with what kind of podcasts are you attracted to and what do you like to get out of podcasts? Like, why do you listen to them? That's an interesting question. Um, I mean, I feel like I, my kind of first intro to podcasts was the How Did This Get Made, like, Earwolf, like, comedy. There's, like, a lot of stuff to kind of dive into, and that's where I found Ron and Beverly. Um, and I, I'm definitely, I think, attracted to, like, a comedy podcast. You know, there's a couple of my favorites that are on, um, you know, Bitch Sash, The Read. I'm sorry, not The Read. Throwing Shade. I think those, Homophilia, like, those are all part of that network, um, which are really fun. But I think, you know, the reason I, I think there's kind of a twofold, I think you go for like really great interviews or like insights, or you want to know more. Um, and then also the storytelling aspect, like woman of the hour comes to mind as something that's like beautifully produced. And we're really getting this breath of like women's experiences and, and there's so much you can do with it. I mean, you, you talked about serial. I mean, that's kind of such a dramatic, um, storyline that, I, and I, I'm deeply regretting that we did not know each other during that time because I had a lot of notes about that show. I know, yeah. And a lot of thoughts and feelings and like. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I regret it. No, I regret it too because I think that it was something that, again, I was like so reluctant to really start into the podcasting sphere because mm-hmm. I'm such a visual person. Like I love film and like I was just really hung up on that. I was I really like. Too, but I but there is something about um, imagining it, I guess, maybe. Oh, or for putting sure. yourself in the room or something that is quite, it's so intimate. So intimate, mm-hmm. which is why I hate when it's wasted. Yeah. I hate when people like jibber jabber on podcasts because you have so, you literally have someone's ear and mm-hmm. I hate when people waste time on them mm. and like. Preach girl. I know. Well, it just makes it. <laughs> there's a lot of people who don't understand that like people are listening to you through headphones. People are listening to you on their way to work. You're mm-hmm. setting up their mood for the day. They yeah. have intentionally chose to download you. Mm-hmm. And I find that because it's such a democratic medium, um, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of noise out there. Yeah. And I think it, something that was hard for me in the podcasting world was to find those, those um, series that really spoke to me mm-hmm. and that I can listen to. And I know it's like going to be really Did you great. listen to the Richard Simmons one? No. Okay. I need to listen to it. I, I still mean, I it. think you could listen to like the first two. You told ep- me the end of it though. Well, I think you could, they don't find him. Spoiler alert. No, but you told me a bigger piece of the ending. What about it? I can't, can't for our listeners. Who cares? Spoil it. That they like find him and he's like, he's like, I don't want to be a part of this. I went away intentionally. Well, I mean, he, we never really find him and yeah, he just, Obviously, we we he doesn't want to be found. He wants to be left alone. Boundaries. It's that's that's actually kind of like a disturbing podcast because I think in the beginning the intentions are good, and then I think somewhere along the way it's like actually we're invading this person's privacy, and it yeah. feels very um, creepy. Kent, you are nodding in agreement. Yeah. Okay. Great. But I think the beginning, the tribute to him in the beginning, the first episode where you hear about how he changes women's lives and people's lives and the physical fitness aspect in his story is deeply engaging. Um, so you could listen to the first one. To be honest, I feel like this is a Game of Thrones situation where I get no joy out of watching it, but I absolutely love the recaps that come from you. And I feel like I love your interpretation of the Richard Simmons <laughs> podcast. And I and that's enough for you. While you were for sure, while you were listening to it, you were like giving me updates, and I felt like I was with it with you. Yeah. Without actually having to listen. Fair enough. <laughs> Did you listen to S Town? Yes. What are your thoughts about that one? Um. I listened to it. I didn't really understand why it needed to be made. Mm-hmm. Um, 
enough time had elapsed for me. You know, so many people listened to it when it was released in the spring. Mm-hmm. And, you know, tensions from the election were still really high. Tensions between Republican and Democrats were really high. Um, and it kind of gives voice to this section of American society mm-hmm. that people are not comfortable with. Yeah, the conservative South. Yes. I thought it was a bit exploitative. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that enough time had passed for me while I listened to it. I listened to it like a few months ago in the in the fall mm-hmm. that I could separate it from the election. To me, it had no, yeah, it had absolutely no connection whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Whereas one of my friends who listened to it was like totally offended because she was like, this was so exploitive. Yeah. This was just to show like, I felt offended by it. This was like the liberal going into conservative country to yes. like show these people. Absolutely. And like now we're bringing it back to liberal country to like play it for a bunch of people who live in Brooklyn. Well, this is something we talk about is like who's telling the story right. and who has the like what is the intention of the storytelling and who has permission to tell the story. And I think sometimes when we're. Yeah, I think just the fact that it was right after the election, it felt there was this kind of fear in America and. You know, like, who are these people who are who would vote for Trump and where are they and what can we do? And I think there is this kind of not over exaggeration, but like this fetishization of like people in the South. And I felt like this was very much, you know, somebody, you know, from New York going down. And I think with love and his intentions clearly were, you know, to share this person's story. But it did feel like look at them in a lot of ways, which I found to be really offensive, especially because I have family in the South. Yeah. Well, and it's the classic outsider parachuting in to report on something and parachuting back out, which is a type of journalism that is kind of no longer becoming acceptable in our society. Mm. We have people in communities who are embedded in where these stories are happening, Mm -hmm. who can tell them better than we ever can. Yeah. And so I think that it kind of was that old school style of journalism. It's a bit white savory, too. I mean, they all are white. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, we're going to come in and we're going to give you a platform to tell you. It felt like a little bit. Do you know what I'm saying? That didn't bother me. I That aspect of it didn't bother me. Uh-huh. Um, I thought it was an interesting story to tell about, like, people who, like, what is it? Orn- but ornithology? It, but then it That's kind of, like, of the, the thing was, like, oh, it's pretending to be a mystery, but then it's not. Then it's really about this man's life. But then it really went into, like, this demented corn. Like, I couldn't tell where we were going. Well, neither couldn't could tell he. where we were coming or going or what was, where? what are we doing here? Neither could he. And I think that there was a lot um, on that podcast that he couldn't fully say. It kind of felt like we were always talking around issues as mm. opposed to like, what are you trying to say? Yeah. What is it that you're trying to name here? Right. Um, so for me, it fell a little bit short. Mm-hmm. I was I was with it for a while. And then in the last couple episodes, I was like, I don't know what you're trying. I don't know what this is trying to do anymore. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it was an interesting one. It's very controversial. My friend was deeply offended by S-Town. Yeah. In the same. Same way as you. Yeah. Um, also, I will say just one note about cereal. Yeah. They don't really ever talk about the fact that the girl who died died on her birthday. No. And they never really go into, like, that whole narrative and, like, what that day meant and why she got mad at him for not remembering the present and, like, all this. There's, like, a big relationship gap that they just, they missed. I just wanted to bring up. Again, there's a lot of things in that show that Sarah Koenig probably... And I mean, this is the classic in, in shaping a narrative. There are certain things you have to leave out and certain mm-hmm. things that you really have to bring the spotlight on and shine it on profoundly if you want it to kind of fit together. Yeah. Um. So I think that, I mean, that podcast will be studied forever in terms of shaping narrative, creating characters, 
you know, audience perception, that whole kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it's an in- it's an interesting one as well. Um, a podcast that we both really loved that we did get the pleasure of listening around the same time was Making Oprah by Jen White. Which, if you haven't listened to Making Oprah, is a journey of they go into Oprah's history as a TV producer. The they interview the women who've produced it. They talk about why and how, and um, it's done with such love. And the the woman, the black woman that um, writes it and narrates it, is it's such a joy, and it feels like we're really getting an insider look into. You know, it's made from a fan, so like we feel like we're there, and then. She gets to talk to Oprah at one point. And that's and, what made it for me. Uh, I, I would so not much love that podcast if she didn't talk to Oprah about mm-hmm. her life. Yeah. It was so full circle when she gets to sit down. I think it's backstage at Ellen. She flew to Burbank to see Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah. Oprah was the guest. And because she was making this podcast, she got to go backstage and interview her. And she talks about like getting her, she gets a pedicure. I know. And she talks about like getting ready for Oprah. I was oh like, girl, God. I am all there with you. I mean, you've been there. You you, you yourself know, had to get Diana, ready for Oprah. I, I have met Oprah <laughs> in my, my little life. Every time I have an opportunity to name that. I will. Why not? <laughs> it's Oprah. But yeah, making Oprah is really fun. And also if you're, it's also a dreamer podcast. It's mm-hmm. something that if you ever have a dream, if you ever want to feel inspired, if you ever want to pursue something that's always kind of getting you up in the morning and putting you to sleep at night, it's really it's really uplifting and it's really empowering. Not only because it's Oprah, um, but the host as well. She's mm-hmm. She wanted to make it, so she made it. And I think that there's such a beautiful simplicity in that. Yeah. It's a real joy. I'm gonna. I'd like to re- listen to it again. And it's not too long. It's like eight episodes or something. It's short and sweet. I and they're it. each like an ish, an hour ish long. And it's 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 really great. I listened to the last episode last Christmas on a flying home to Calgary. And whenever mm-hmm. I fly home, I don't know if you have this with Buffalo, but every like muscle in my body relaxes because I know I'm like going home. I know mm-hmm. I'm like going to like my childhood bed, and like my parents are gonna take me, give me breakfast and coffee. <laughs> and everything's going to be fine. And I don't have to like get on the crowded subway in minus 30 below. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm always really relaxed. And I listened to the last episode of Making Oprah on the Plane. And I was sobbing. I was sobbing. It's so good. It was so much. And it's, it's so tangible good. too. Like, you know, it's definitely very inspiring. But I feel like I was I was literally making notes for my life about the decisions she made for and sure. who she kept in her corner and how she worked. I <sighs> mean, it's incredible. And they interview all of her executive producers. Um, who put together the show every single day. And I remember one of them talking about like, okay, you got Tom Cruise on Tuesday. Guess what? At 4.30, you have to have another person lined up for Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Like there was just no stopping. You were not allowed to celebrate anything. You just had to keep producing. Mm-hmm. And I think for us workhorses, we talk about this so much, the joy of the work. Mm-hmm. She really surrounded herself with people who are willing to dedicate their lives to her. For sure. Um, and I and loved- God bless them. Oh, my God. And the episode where they talk about her, her giving a car to the oh audience was, I, I I feel like if you're ever feeling low, just watch the clip of people getting a car from Oprah. It's like one of the most spectacular things you've ever seen. Yeah. And also listen to the episode of Making Oprah where they talk about how they actually made that happen. So good. Um, and I love the, I also love when the producer talks about like, well, we should just have Brad Pitt on the show. And Oprah was like, Why? She's like, because he's Brad Pitt and people tend to like him. And she's like, I'm not just having Brad Pitt on my show. You need to have an intention behind every single thing we do here. And I was like, yes. <laughs> so good. So good. What else is on your list, Missy? Um, so one of the podcasts that I really love is called You Must Remember This by Karina Longworth. 
I feel like you've told me about this a hundred times and I need I need to write it down and I need to listen to it. Yeah, the really nice thing about this podcast, so it tells the it tells the story of the first hundred years of Hollywood. Um, so it's the studio system, it's the starlets, it's the old school Elizabeth Taylor years, everything in there. Um, and what I really like about it is, you know, it sounds so dry. It sounds like it'd be something out of a textbook or a film studies class. She's actually a film studies student. Mm-hmm. Um, and she gets into the gossip, but also the history. Yeah. So like she'll be telling the story. She has a great episode about Audrey Hepburn. Um, and, you know, she talks about Audrey Hepburn's career, her rise coming up from uh, Europe all the way over to Hollywood and kind of creating this this icon around a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, so she tells the history of that, but then she'll like get into like the gossip about like the director who tried to date her and she wouldn't date him. Mm. And, you know, like all of these different kind of the nitty gritty of what people love in Hollywood. Right. Um, you know, it's such, have it. it was such a salacious time. I mean, it was there was so much it drama. Still is. Hollywood, I mean, it's practically imploded on itself now, but but I think what I like about it is these people are so larger than life. Mm-hmm. They, they're talking about like a party that happened at Elizabeth Taylor's where she's like served. I think she served like cheese and crackers. Like mm-hmm. I just I love those like the little details. It. Yeah. It's so cool. So she does like a dead blondes um, season where she talks about like Marilyn Monroe and uh, Grace Kelly. How many seasons are there? I think there's three. Okay. Two or three. Maybe there's way more than that. Ken oh, Ken, so, are, Ken, are you listening to this podcast? God damn, I got to get on it. Yeah, it's really great. They have James Bond episodes. It's really good. All right. Um, so, yeah, that's one of my favorite ones. I feel like I listen to that. Um, it, the nice thing about it is you don't have to listen to it in order. So mm-hmm. you can kind of pick and choose and listen to, you know, people that you're interested in. They talk about McCarthyism. Um, there's a few episodes dedicated to McCarthyism and just how that really shook the industry and really shook careers and all that kind of thing. It's really cool. Yeah, it's interesting. What are people going to say about Trumpism? It's fascinating. It is fascinating. Um, another podcast that I keep telling you about that you should listen to is Homophilia. Are you, have you listened to that yet with no. Dave Holmes and Matt McConkey? We are almost mutually exclusive on what we listen to. <laughs> Um, it's so good. It's all, it's basically, they just interview LGBTQ people and it's, it's so fascinating because I think like, I think to a certain extent, like as a woman, you know, I don't know. And as like a white woman of privilege, you kind of have a certain amount of empathy, obviously for people and experiences. And like, sometimes, you know, women are marginalized. And so I think there's kind of this assuming or assumption of like understanding what people of color or LGBTQ people go through. And really being able to bear witness to their stories in such a conversational way, I think is transformative. And it's like, wow, I actually have no idea what that's like. And I have no idea what it's like to like, you know, hide your sexuality and feel the shame and the guilt of that. And, you know, they do it in such, it's a, it's really a comedy pop culture podcast, but it's, it just is inclusive of these people's stories. And they talk about kind of the media that they love. And then they talk about kind of their sexual history. And it's actually quite devastating. Like a lot of the men that they've had on have not been in um, serious relationships. That's like one theme. And then the second thing is if they're Catholic or they have some kind of religious upbringing, they've, they all had a self-sabotage moment afterwards where they got physically ill, whether it was like a rash or they broke their arm and they all thought it was a sign from God that like they were damned basically. And just kind of, and it's fascinating because you can hear the hosts go like, Oh my God, that just happened in the last episode. Um, and so it's it's been, you know, for someone who wants to be an ally, like it's a really great space to just 
kind of bear witness to these stories and like not have anything to say, you know what I mean? But just support it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's done with these two amazing men. I'm a really big fan of Matt McConkie's because he kind of has floated around in like the Ron and Beverly and the Bitch Session Network. They're like all friends. Um, So it's so cool to be able to just listen to the, the stories. And, you know, you would love it because they go deep. Like these are not men that just sit down and go, How's your day? Like, they go into it immediately. Like, they are not here for small talk. Ugh, I love that. I love that so much. I think the I think the value of bearing witness through podcasts is something that we don't talk about enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I listen to a podcast called Sincerely Ted, which is uh, every episode is a TED Talk given by someone anonymously. Mm-hmm. And they're given anonymously because um, either there's a legal uh, implication or they're very personal. Mm-hmm. Not, not so much the personal. I think it's more just like the content of what they're talking about. Gotcha. So one woman talks about testifying against her rapist. Mm. Um, another man talks about he committed fraud um, at a, on Wall Street and went to jail and wow. was in solitary confinement. Oh. Um, and he talks about that experience was like, and I loved those. They're very heavy. Again, mm-hmm. they're short. They're 14 minutes. They're yeah. a TED talk. Um, but it's... It's so powerful to hear people own their truth and to mm-hmm. own their stories um, and to hear from a side of this, a side of things that we never hear from. Mm-hmm. Um, another woman talks about how corporate sexism in corporations, and she just talks about how it's kind of this inevitable evil if we want to live in a capitalist society. Interesting. And that exploitation is inherent. Yeah. And it's kind of these unpopular opinions, but also these devastating situations that people have lived through. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. Um, also, another really great one is The Read, which is by um, Kid Fury and Chriselle West. And they're really long. They're like two and a half hours oh long. God. But these two, again, not here for small talk. And it's really like they do sections about like black excellence and um, basically like black people in the news and like the media and like the gossip. And then basically Chriselle does a read where she just like lays into white people um, and what's going on in our culture and kind of not being here for like the bullshit that they have to put up with. And I would say also, you know, people who are trying to understand more and to be in a space to be allies, like that's a, a really beautiful um, and it's such a joyful one, too, because they're best friends or mm-hmm. that, or I think they're best friends or and they're like so close that it's like, you know, almost like cousins, like sitting down and like just gabbing for three hours. And it's kind of just such a joy to to be a part of. Yeah. And I could hear them talk about Tyrese all day. Ooh. And I also feel very, like, in the know of, like, stuff that I had no idea about before, like Tyrese, so. Tyrese Gibson? <sighs> we can't even talk about it. It's, like, on he's, like, spiraling. What? Outrageously spiraling and, like. What's wrong with Tyrese Gibson? Um, I mean, we don't even have enough time to go into it. But basically, like, he's been posting all this stuff on Instagram. He's, like, he's basically, like, spiraling and having a mental breakdown on Instagram. And in the beginning, it was, like, kind of funny when they talked about it. And now it's actually very devastating. He's extremely mentally ill. And, like, it's, a and it's co- like, craziness. And, like, you know, instead of, like, talk, like, if you have a problem with somebody, like, you talk to a, somebody about it, he doesn't. He'll, he'll blast them on social media, like, all this Fast and the Furious stuff. And, like, you know, why aren't you doing this here? And he'll, like, who's the, is it The Rock who's in those movies? Mm-hmm. He'll be, like, he'll, like, write a message to The Rock on Instagram. And then be, like, how come you're not emailing, like, responding to this and the rock is like maybe like not do this publicly you crazy person so it's it's quite a why is nobody talking about this uh, well black people are talking about it we are just like not in the news of like what that seems very strange the rock is like a huge star that's really weird that like the media is just not picking up on this at all well 
Wow. Get into it. Holy moly. Yeah. That's crazy. What's that podcast called? The Read. Interesting. It's great. A podcast that I'm really obsessed with right now is one that you introduced me to called Dissect. Yes. Hosted by Cole Kushner. I haven't finished it yet. Oh, my God. I was... I So... <laughs> To give everybody context, mm-hmm. he dissects the lyrics and music and really careers of Kanye West and Kendrick Lamar. Mm-hmm. Um, Each season is a different person. Right. So the first season, he talks about um, To Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar. And then he talks about My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy by Kanye West. And he gets in song by song into all of the lyrics and all of the production and all of the sampling and all of the context and all of the drama um, and all of the poetry of these songs. And as a huge rap fan, I mean, I remember you texted me and you're like, somebody made your podcast (laughs) (laughs) because I absolutely love it. And there's an episode where he talks about Monster by Kanye West, Jay-Z and Nicki Minaj, um, as well as Rick Ross. And, oh, my God, the space that he gives to Nicki Minaj and just, like, how he talks about how this was, this is why her verse is widely regarded as the one of the best rap verses ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kanye West didn't even want to put it on the album because he knew it. And he knew that she it had would absolutely out. killed it. He and ba- she- Yeah, he basically says, I didn't want to put it on the album because it's the best verse on the album. And this is the best album of all time. And, like... I can't believe I'm, like, putting this woman's verse on that's, like, fucking better than everything I'm doing right now. And anybody's doing ever. She doesn't even have an... She doesn't even have her album out yet. And that verse came out. So good. And just, I mean, there's absolutely no, no credit given to women in hip-hop and women in rap. And that episode is almost solely about Nicki Minaj and just how she absolutely slayed. So... I would say that, you know, if you aren't maybe a huge rap fan, you know, for for fans of the genre, I mean, this is like a warm bath of a podcast. You just I felt totally um, enamored by Cole's dissection of all of the different parts that go into making these incredible albums. But if you're just kind of looking for something fun to listen to on your way to work, I would highly recommend you listen to the monster episode. Totally. Also, like the ideation story, like Kanye's ideation story and hearing him come up and like hearing about how he rapped um, Jesus Walks and how everybody laughed at him. I mean, to hear, like, the struggle of, you know, such a huge artist is always really fascinating. And I will Kendrick say- Lamar talking about how he would get no space in Compton and how everyone, you know, he made it. He became a massive star and he couldn't go home. I didn't listen to the Kendrick oh, one yet. Oh, my God. Also, I will say the podcast sometimes gets a little bit musically technical. I like that. It's a little bit much yeah. sometimes, and I'm like, oh, I don't need to hear this piano riff 15 times. Oh, my God. The runaway episode, he gets into, like, how he oh constructs boy. the entire intro. It's yeah. like, oh, boy. Here we go. Yeah. Diving in. I feel like I'm back in music theory. It's <laughs> it's, But it is great. Yeah. And I love that he produces it and writes it all himself. I'm just like, who what is a star. this guy? Who is this guy? Love it. He's like, so if you guys give me, like, $5, I'll be able to continue my podcast. It's like, oh, my gosh. Give the man all the money. I'm waiting for Rap Genius to hire him. Mm. Um, another one I really love is Bitch Sesh with Casey Wilson and Danielle Schneider. And the funny thing about this is it's a Real Housewives podcast, and I have never seen an episode of Real Housewives. <laughs> but I can listen to these women talk about it and dissect it and go into it for hours. And it's a joy. I feel like this ties into the also just the TV you're willing to watch and then I know, but you're willing to you think to. I would be 
I mean, if I've dipped so far into the Kardashian network, it's not pretty far off that I would probably find a housewife family to, you know, attach myself to. Yeah, I'm a little surprised. I'm, I'm, little I'm shocked, shocked myself. Why don't you like it? Well, it's not maybe not even that you don't like it. I don't know. Maybe you never thought, you to know, watch there's it. like six locations. There's like a New York, there's a Georgia, there's a, um, you know, there's two, ca- like in California, there's Orange Cat. I mean, I literally know everything about all of them. Um, but I was kind of like, I don't know where to start. I don't yeah. know who to dive into. And they're already like 10, up, 10 seasons deep. So it's like you have this. It's just a breath of that. I'm just not even sure where to start. Yeah. So I just haven't. Fair. Fair enough. But the podcast is good. The podcast is excellent. Definitely worth checking out. How does it differ from um, what Andy Cohen does with like bringing on the housewives to talk? Or is it kind of the same vibe? Well, it, no, it's totally different because the housewives and they name it that they don't want them to listen to it or be a part of it in any way. They want to get it together. They want to be able to basically like trash talk everybody and they don't want them to listen or hear or know about it. Do you know what I mean? So they have like a no tagging rule. Like if they say something shitty about one of them, do not tag. Like it's all a very safe space of like just kind of talking about how garbage these women are. Oh my God. And their joys and successes and blah, blah, blah. But a lot of it is kind of just, you know, it comes from a place of love. They're obviously obsessed with the show. But also, they're not afraid to tear it down. Love it. That's so much fun. So the housewives are not associated whatsoever. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. Very cool. It's great. What else are you listening to? What else is fun? Um, Throwing Shade is another really fun one um, from Aaron Gibson and Brian Safi. Uh, they basically talk about feminist and LGBTQ issues. It's another one that's pretty long. It's like an hour and 30, 45 minutes. But they do do a deep dive into they pick like a, each pick a political issue mm-hmm. and kind of get into it. And then they do an interview. So it's a long format. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's delightful. And the two of them are great. And, you know, it's a it's a, a fun feminist listen. Yeah. Um, anything else on your list? I don't think so. There's a couple that I know that we both listen to. Here's the thing with Alec Baldwin. Um, Let's talk about the Barbara episode. <laughs> so one of the things, the reason don't why. tell me not to live, just sit butter. I made her sing it. <laughs> I got her to do it. I was waiting for that. <laughs> Validated. Um, you, so you, again, this is another podcast you introduced me to. And what I really like about it is he's talking to the best of the best. Mm-hmm. He does interviews with the top people, top celebrities always. Yeah. Um, and it's Alec Baldwin. And he interviews Jimmy Fallon and Lena Dunham and Barbara Streisand and Sheila Nevins. And um, there's just such a reverence between both, both with him and his guests, but also mm-hmm. their, like, respect to him back. Yeah. Um, and I really like that. I think it's just the highest quality. Yeah. And his episode with Barbara is so great because they're at his her house, you yeah. know, which sometimes he'll do for um, for people where he's kind of in their world. Like he did it. Who's that um, famous Broadway actress that we lost? Eileen Stritch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he went to her. Like it's just he enters their worlds, and I think it's that's really fun about it. Oh my god, when Barbara Streisand's like, "Do you want? Are you hungry? Do you want some soup? I'm gonna have some soup." And he's like, "Yeah, okay, I'll have some soup." Um, and then he talks about needing to lose weight. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, what are your numbers? <laughs> she just gets so, like, motherly with him. And it's yeah. just like, we're going to talk about your health now because this seems, like, really concerning. I loved hearing all about, like, her history and, like, her, even her, like, producing Yentl and, like, what that was like and how people just wanted to believe she was such a bitch. And her crew actually wrote her a letter thanking her. 
for such a beautiful experience that she sent to that somebody sent to a newspaper and they wouldn't publish it because they wanted to believe the narrative around this woman as like and she it was I love that she made so many Hillary connections. She was like, yeah, I know what it's like to be a powerful woman, have people just want to hate you. Have other so, women want to hate you. Uh, the way yeah. that she was willing to be like the toughest critics mm-hmm. and criticisms that I got about Yentl were from other women. Yeah. Men were totally willing to give me all of the credit for what I did with that film. And it was women who thought that I should just blow away. It's it was such a good episode. Oh, and so also filled good. with music and filled with like the yeah. joy of like her career and her voice. And, um, did I send did I send you the duets YouTube series? Oh, that she does with John Mayer? That she does with everybody. Well, yeah, but the John Mayer episode's hilarious. They're all so good. His dad did not consider his career legitimate until he got signed to Columbia, because that's the record label that Barbara Streisand was signed Hell to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Beaver Talk listeners, you can Google Barbara Streisand duets and just do a deep dive. It's like... 18 episodes and they're three minutes each of the making of each of these songs and basically this is the power of this woman she was like i want who did who does she have on that like everybody. everybody billy joel yeah john mayer tony bennett tony bennett just everybody she goes i want this one this one this one and this one we're gonna do these duets and then one of the best things i think it was the john mayer episode where he goes you know in the studio they wouldn't give you an orchestra but when you're working with barbara you're in the room with an orchestra and they just like reveal the curtain and there's, you know, 50 string players and she's at the helm of them all. And you're just like the extravagance and the power of this woman is so brilliant. And each of the little vignettes are so cute. You know what I thought was interesting in the episode with Alec Baldwin, though, is how she talks about how lazy she is. Mm. I was so interesting. think she's lazy, too. I wonder if it's like you're such an it's a level of such extremes where you are so like you're so powered in the work. That then when you're not doing the work, you just feel lazy. Maybe. And you need that space to rest and rejuvenate. And there's something guilty about it. So you have to feel like. I also feel like these women are so inspired. They're so like inspired to create something. And it's so like maybe they need like a lot of downtime and then it's like go time. Right. And there's there's really no in between. It's Mm -hmm. it's very black and white. You're either working or you're not. Right. And you're not constantly working. It's like you're very much choosing projects. I loved hearing Barbara talk about the work and how she loves the creative work. And that just want to be famous. Ah, just diving into all of it was such a delight. Yeah, that's a great one. It's a great episode. So good. So yeah, here's the thing with Alec Baldwin. I have my I have it's my a issues with Alec Baldwin. There. He's like your racist, sexist, you know, uncle who needs to who's also be explained a, a lot of things too. Yeah, the episode with Amy Schumer was hard to get through. I can't listen to Amy Schumer. So it was really. She was trying to explain why it was harder for her in comedy, and it was like, really, we're gonna do this. He kind of did the same thing to Lena Dunham. Jerry Seinfeld did the exact same thing with um, Amy Schumer on his Comedians in Cars and Coffee show, which was also very distressing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a great episode. Or that's a great series. Is here's the thing. And uh, another one I love is The Nerdist. What's with that? Chris Hardwick. I've only recently come to this, but it's long. It's long form interviews with people, mm-hmm. um, and I've only listened to a few episodes. It's really long, like really long interviews, like hour and a half to two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did an interview with Russell Brand that I absolutely loved. I love Russell Brand. Me too. Great. I'm in love with that man. I planned our wedding. It didn't happen. Um, you're really you're that in love with him. Yeah, I saw him in Calgary, and I like we made eye contact. <laughs> there was lingering eye contact. He sat behind me. 
It was so much. What do you, wait, you back up here. So he, every, at the beginning of all of his stand-up shows, he goes into the audience and he just uh-huh. starts picking people to talk to. Uh-huh. And he just puts them on the spot and starts talking to them. It's kind of, I think it's his way of just getting really comfortable with the crowd. Yeah, that's a good idea. So I went to his show in Calgary and. How many people in the audience? 200. Okay. 250 maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had floor seats. Few, few rows back. Anyways, he does his shtick of going into the audience, and he sits with he sits down with these girls behind, right, directly behind me. Mm-hmm. And I, he's talking to them, he's flirting with them, he's doing his Russell Brand thing. Mm-hmm. I turn around, and he's just like this one girl's like yammering in his ear on the into the microphone, mm-hmm. and he's just staring at me and just like smiling. And I'm just Hannah. like, please don't talk to me, please don't. I don't want to talk. Like I, no, I can't. And yeah. that was my. That was the moment we fell in love. Wow. Madly in love. <laughs> Is he like one of your top celebrity crushes? Yeah. I've read really? all of his I've read all of his books. What? I've seen all of his movies. I've like done a deep dive into his relationship with Amy Winehouse. I've done a deep dive into what he did with MTV, what Katie he did Perry. with Big Brother, Katy Perry. What are your thoughts on him and Katy Perry? I don't know. Please tell me. Okay. So I think he's talked a little bit about this. He said it in not like so many words. Okay. His interview with Chris Hardwick on The Nerdist is really worth worth listening to if you like him. I will. Absolutely. Yeah. It's delightful. Okay. Um, I think that she was very triggering for him. <gasps> and I think that he made her want. To, she made him want to use again. Interesting. And as an addict, I think that the fame and the craziness and just the circus that was their lives. Mm-hmm. I think it was very triggering for him and he wanted to take a huge step back. You know, there were reports that he wanted to have kids. She didn't. She's 10 years younger than him, I think. Oh, wow. Um, and so I think he just did a big, like, a big step back because he needed to. I think right. it was a huge act of, like, self-advocacy. I can't believe I didn't know this about you. How have we brand? never talked about this? Now we know. I feel like everyone in Calgary knows about this because hmm. this was a very big part of my life in high school and university. What did you um, first see him in that you were... I'm trying to remember where did he come from? My British friend in high school lent me my bookie book. Okay. Um, and I read my bookie book and that was it. I was just like, what I'm a horrible obsessed. title. And my bookie book too. With love. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. The second one's dated, dedicated to Katy Perry. Oh no. He says, to Katy, this is my past. You are my future. Oh man. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, I did a love story documentary about someone in college that we're no longer together, so. It happens in our, you know? Same thing. Absolutely. <laughs> one but, and the same. And then I just, I think he's hilarious. I think he's just so funny. Yeah. He's just one of like the funniest people. He's my favorite comedian. Wow. Now we know. Yeah. I think he has a podcast. Yep. Are you listening to it? Yeah. I don't like it as much because he's not particularly funny on it because he doesn't want to be funny on it. It's not his space that he's occupying. He's on kind of this like spiritual. Yeah, yeah. He's promoting his new book, which is about recovery from addiction. Mm-hmm. So he gets people on um, to talk about those kind of things. More like soul work wow. kind of stuff. Um, I love it. But he also, he does an interview about feminism and he interviews a, <laughs> a women's studies professor. He talks about like, I've not always been the best about feminism. So I'm actually going to learn a lot from you in this episode. <laughs> That's great. Um, so he's just a delight. I just think he's so funny. Well, look at this. <laughs> I'm just gushing over look here about Russell too. Brand. Maybe we need to do a spinoff episode about Russell Brand. <laughs> I feel like I've seen a bunch of his movies. You have or you haven't? No, I have. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I do like him. Yeah. You know who I'd love to have him in conversation with? Who? RuPaul. 
Oh my God. Can Wouldn't you imagine? That be a delight? Can you just imagine? Yeah. I mean, the two of them talking spirituality. I mean, make Aaron, it they happen. They just got full body goosebumps. Wouldn't that be great? Oh man, he needs Speak to go Speak it to on. the universe. Yeah, he needs to go on there. Yeah. Also obsessed with RuPaul's podcast with Michelle Visage. What's the tea? Why is it called What's the Tea? Because what's the tea is like, what's the deal? What's the happening? What's It's like a slang for oh, see, I'm what's not cool. the down low, you know? I'm not cool. Yeah, it's a great, great podcast. Yeah. Plus, he's one of your icons. Love him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you want to kind of start, because he has 124 episodes, <laughs> I would suggest listening to the Suzanne Summers episode. It's one of the best of all time. It's a good one. It's, it's a good great. one. I yes. really love his interview with Tracy Ellis Ross. That's great. Because his... Bread. Although I really just want him to talk to Diana Ross because he's so upset. Like, that's where it's going. I kind of loved it because I don't think he'd be able to talk to Diana Ross mm. yeah. in the same way. I think that there were certain things he was mm, able think, to express to I Tracy. But I would love to see RuPaul get, like, starstruck because he's such a serious and, like, professional and he really keeps it together. Mm-hmm. And I would love to see him fall apart, like, in, with joy. But he's, like, on her concert and, like, they're friends. Like, he talks at the end of that episode about, like, going to her concert a lot and, like, he's met her a few times and, like, you know. I want to see it. Oh, my God. <laughs> when we make the RuPaul film, we can create all of these moments. I Well, if I were to make the RuPaul documentary, I would pull in his favorites. He's obsessed with Judge Judy. He's obsessed with the um, Angela Lansbury. He's obsessed with Diana Ross. I would have these women who he looks up to kind of set the tone for it and, like, be the narrators, basically. Because these iconic women have, like, shaped his space. Do you think that J.J. Abrams is going to do that? Well, he's doing a narrative about blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 whatever. <sighs> I'm really pr- pl- praying for that show. No, you're praying for a lot of things. I'd like to guest direct. Not guest direct. I would like to direct yeah, an I'm episode like, of that J.J. Abrams. Right. Yeah. Please hire me. Let's get it going. Um, Elizabeth Gilbert's Magic Lessons. Did you ever listen to that? I did. I listened to all of season one and I couldn't hack season two. I really like it. It's all a deep dive of creative conversations. You have to be really in the mood for it, though. And I feel like at a time when Dream Girl was in the creative process, it was like the Bible. Her episode with Brené Brown is something that I've gone back to and listened over the past like year and a half mm-hmm. on multiple different occasions. It's so profound. Love it. I love just, it. I feel like those are most of my faves. Never Before with Janet Mock is great. I haven't been able to get into that one. I feel like you are kind of like in the beginning, you're just like feeling it out. Like she's definitely in pilot mode and then it really sinks in and yeah. you're really into it. And I, Jana Mock is just such a delight. Like she just seems like such a pleasure. Yeah. I really admire her. Another thing. And she talks to like Tina Knowles and Chris Carter. Like she goes yeah. to the mothers. Like she knows where the power is and she like goes into that. Yeah, I know. Don't I'm, roll your eyes at me, no, Diana. No, 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 I did not mean to. I just sometimes I just roll them. It's just a thing, you know. Sometimes it just happens in conversation. Um, one of the so Girl Boss Radio is obviously something that was another podcast I listened to once upon a time. You know? Her conversation with Charlize Theron. If you're looking for a good like one-off episode, mm-hmm. that is kick-ass. I feel like I could never get into Girl Boss Radio, and I really hated myself for it. Yeah, I, d- I wouldn't say I got really into it. I think it just kind of came about in a time in my life where I wanted to hear those conversations, you know? It was I cathartic. definitely want to hear those conversations, but I feel like Sophia never gives a... I mean, she's the fucking girl boss, and she never really gives us the... Like, her, like, girl boss moments are like, I took a bath, and it's like, you run a billion-dollar, like, company. 
yeah. you know, or you did or not. Like, give us some, give us the real dirt here. I feel like she's not step, she doesn't step into it and for whatever reason, it's not about business. And that always kind of bothered me about the show. Yeah. If you want to hear a great somebody who steps into it, listen to her conversation with Charlize Theron. Charlize, like, goes there. I did listen. I mean, but oh. that's because Charlize goes there. Right. But that's what I'm saying is yeah. that it's not Sophia Maruso. It's, it's Charlize Theron just naming the fact that she doesn't have a lot of friends and doesn't need it. And mm-hmm. uh, just, I mean, She's... for a woman to occupy that space of just being like, this is my job mm-hmm. and it's my life and I'm not going to be apologetic for that or name the things I don't have. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. Have you listened to the Alec Baldwin conversation with Sarah Jessica Parker? Yes. Okay. <laughs> that's all I needed to know. As should all of you, Beaverettes. Yeah, that's, that, that was really something. It really was. What about uh, you listening to Mark Maron at all? No. Okay. <laughs> I go in and out with him, you know? Yeah. Depending on who he's talking to or what I'm in the mood for. Like, sometimes I really like him, and then sometimes he just exhausts me. Yeah, podcasts are definitely a mood thing for me. Oh, 100%. They're very, like, where I'm at at the time. So it's always fun to kind of hear about what people are listening to and absorbing. Yeah. also want to give a little plug for our podcast network, the Atlantic Podcast Transmit, the Atlantic Transmission Podcast Network. You nailed that. There's a great lot of plug. great shows that I'm <laughs> excited to kind of like do a deep dive and dig into and listen from our sisters and brothers here at uh, the network. So we're one big happy family. We are. Love it. I got nothing else on my list. No, I think that's it. If you have any podcasts that you're listening to or that you want us to be listening to or that you want our opinion on, we'll give our unsolicited advice about it. I'd love some suggestions. I'm always listening or looking for things to listen to and fall in love with, especially since I'm doing so much traveling and things as we we move on. I love it. Amazing. Well, thanks, Diana, so much for taking the time to chat with me. Thanks, Erin, for inviting me to the podcast world and now hosting this with me. Amazing. Bye, Kat. Bye. First things first, I'll eat your brain. Then I'ma start rocking gold teeth and fangs. Cause that's what a motherfucking monster do. Here dressed up from Milan, that's the monster do. Monster just a be healed, that's the monster show. Young money is the roster and a monster crew. Hey guys, I'm Lissa Mandel. I'm Philip Cassell. And we're here from The, the Bitch, Bitch Seat. Seat the podcast. It's an interview show where we talk to guests about the horrible and beautiful parts of their youth. We like to think of it as an adult talk show and tell. A grown-up show and tell. There you go. Like that. So for a teaser, here's some magnetic poetry that I wrote on my fridge when I was 12. Hit it, Phil. Dreams of whispered music felt snow white and lathered me in delirious symphonies. The ache within is black and bitter. A thousand frantic shadows scream and chant bitterly. I sleep on a lake of a thousand diamonds. You were 12? Yeah, I was way ahead of my time. Fair enough. This has been an Atlantic Transmission production.